0: Restaurant Unstoppable, episode 59.
1: Welcome to RestaurantUnstoppable.com. Listen to successful restaurant professionals as they discuss the tools, tactics, and services they use to better lead, manage, and market their restaurants. Join our community and make your restaurant dreams unstoppable. Here's your host.
0: Yo, what's going on, all you unstoppable restaurant professionals? It's your host, Eric Cacciatore, and this is the podcast for personal growth in the restaurant industry. And we do that by listening to the industry's most successful restaurant professionals while they tell their stories and give us their advice. And I've had a blast so far. I hope you have too. I have a great show for you today. Just a reminder, please connect with me on Facebook, LinkedIn, Google+, Twitter. I'm out there. My handle on Twitter is at Eric Cacciatore, E-R-I-C-C-A-C-C-I-A-T-O-R-E, just like the chicken. And um, please tell me what you think of the show. I'm always looking to improve, to make it better, to make it more valuable for you. Let me know what topics you want me to cover and let me know who you want to hear from on the show. I will do everything humanly possible to get them on the show so we can learn together from them. And uh, as always, five star reviews on iTunes go a long way and I will give you a personal thank you on air if you can give me one of those. Alright, well I hope you enjoyed today's show. It's a little bit uh, off the beaten path. I guess you could call it a freestyle, but we have some restaurant brokers. You'll find out more about them. Uh, I didn't think the standard outline was appropriate, but they give us some great advice. Uh, so sit back and enjoy today's episode. It's a good one. With excitement, allow me to introduce to you today's guest, Eric and Robin Gagnon. How are we doing today, guys?
1: We're great. Thanks so much for asking us to join you on the show.
0: I- Today. I'm pumped to have you on the show. Are you ready to drop some big old bombs of restaurant knowledge that are going to make all of our restaurant dreams just a little bit more unstoppable? Uh, that's our plan. All right, awesome. Uh, don't mind Tucker; he might make some noise in the background today. I'm babysitting. Uh, he's the roommate's dog. Mm-hmm. But um, anyway, <laughs> so I'm just going to give a quick introduction. Uh, of Eric and Robin. And I'll pass it over to them to kind of further elaborate on uh, what their story is all about. Um, Eric and Robin are the founders of We Sell Restaurants, the country's largest restaurant brokerage firm. Uh, They are also more than just brokers. They are also educators, authors of Appetites for Acquisition, and the hosts of We Sell Restaurants podcast. That is an extremely brief introduction. You guys have accomplished so much. I'll pass it over to you to get the big picture. Um, I guess we'll start with the ladies. Robin, go ahead.
1: Okay, so you hit on high points. You know, we started in Atlanta, Georgia, 14 years ago, and we started out of the basement of our home, actually, as a one-man shop. Eric was leading the charge as a restaurant broker, and we just decided there was a better process, better methodologies, and actually, really some procedures and technology that could come into play that could make the restaurant brokerage business much more successful. And so fast forward now a decade, and we are the largest restaurant brokerage firm in the nation. Based on the number of listings, the amount of commission income, and also offices. We have offices in Florida, Georgia, North Carolina, South Carolina, Tennessee, and Colorado. And we're actually franchising our brand nationwide and teaching other people how to do this. Because it's very specific. The way that you sell a restaurant is very different from the way you sell a dry cleaner or a convenience store. A lot of things that general business brokers attempt to sell on a daily basis.
0: Okay. Um, do you want to add anything more? Should we pass it off to Eric?
1: At, let's get Eric involved.
0: Okay.
2: <laughs> well, I think Robert covered it very well. I mean, you know, this is what we started. And, uh, you know, I'll, I have to make a confession to you here on the show is that when I started, I didn't know anything about the restaurant business. So for those of you listeners that are, are trying to learn, it can be learned. I mean, I remember my first day when I went on to my first listing appointment, the guy was talking about a grease trap, And for those of you who know what it is, I was looking up at the ceiling. <laughs> but, but, so it was like I did not know anything. I had to educate myself by myself from day one. And back then, even technology and everything was not as available on the Internet and everything. So I read a lot of books, a lot of publication, went to spend a lot of time with managers and owners and learn and just sit there and listen about their experiences, their knowledge in the street, so I could better myself as a broker.
0: Awesome. And that, I mean, that's exactly what we're here to do today to listen, to learn from those who are in the industry, for those of us getting into the industry or for just in the industry, but we want to stay sharp. Uh, that's what I hope to do with this show. Uh, you guys also have your show. We sell restaurants, which is another great resource. Um, that's an audio form. If you guys aren't taking advantage of audio, obviously you're, if you're listening to this, you have found it and are taking advantage of it, but spread the word because, uh, there's just some great content out there. Um, uh, the first question, uh, it's more of a, It's more of a a way to get the inspirational and motivational ball rolling. And we like to do that by sharing a leadership or a success quote. So Eric or Robin, what do you have for us today? Well, I am, I'm a big sports fan. You know, I play professional sport and everything.
2: And one of a very inspiring person over time was uh, uh, Jim Valvano, Jimmy V. And, you know, he has said, don't give up, don't ever give up. And I think, you know, that's one model that it's always important. And, you know, when you do deals, you really, when you throw the towel, you got to make sure that you have exhausted everything. And I think that's one thing that we try to live for and not giving up and fighting till
0: the bitter end. Mm-hmm. Awesome. And, and would you like to add anything to that, Robin?
1: Well, I think Eric's absolutely on point. I mean, the thing that is so unusual in this business, and as a woman, I'm probably one of the few restaurant workers in the world that, that is uh, female-based in this business because it's tough. Mm-hmm. You have to, you're dealing with something that's highly emotional. A buyer is getting in because he has this dream of being in the business. And at the same time, the seller has something that he has literally birthed from the ground up. And so when you get those two dynamics together, you know, as a restaurant broker, we are, you know, one part psychologist, one part babysitter, one part deal driver and, you know, Many things that you can't even say on air, other parts, <laughs> in order to get that deal to the closing table. And often it feels like we're the only people that are going to make that happen. So to Eric's point, that quote is, is so on target. You just can't give up on the deal. You have to want it more than anybody else in the transaction. And that's why we've been so successful in selling thousands of restaurants.
0: Awesome. Well, such great advice. You have to just keep going, keep pushing, and um, it holds true to brokers and it holds true, true to restaurant uh, restaurateurs and restaurant owners. Uh, you have to really keep the, your eye on the goal and uh, just follow your dreams and uh, you know just keep pushing ahead, so it's incredible advice. Thank you. Um, the first question I have for you is, um, what are some of the most common habits you observe from some of the more successful clients you've dealt with? Well, I think, you know, a lot of it comes from, you know, a long time in business. A
2: lot of these most successful people have seen good things, bad things happen. And one of the things that I see the most success is to be involved in your business every day. Mm-hmm. So many people are contacting us and want to be owner absentee. I want to own a restaurant, owner absentee. Very, very difficult. Almost impossible. Not 100%, but it's very difficult. You know, the great operators, they're there day in, day out. I'm not saying they're going to be there 90 hours, 95 hours a week all the time, but they will be in their restaurant. And uh, I know when I go meet with a, a good owner and a very successful one a lot of time, they're not going to look you in the eyes because their eyes are always looking around the restaurant. They're looking at everybody in the restaurant, their waiter. What are they doing? What is the staff doing? What is my hostess doing? What is the delivery guy taking to my back door right now? They always are looking around. They are involved, and they know at any given moment they would know what's going on in their business. And now with technology, you see them on their iPhone. They can have everything from their POS system, sales, number of guests, voids, everything – So they are connected to their restaurant very, very closely. That is what, to me, is a big
0: reason why they're successful. Awesome advice. Do you want to add anything to that, Robin?
1: I think it's absolutely on point. The only other thing that I would add is that um, in this day and age, you cannot just be a – you can't just have one point of view. To Eric's point, you have to be able to see everything that's going on, and that includes not only the operations but also the financials. You have to be on top of the measurements and the metrics of your business, and the technology allows you to do that But being able to take that information in. and Because we say this all the time. The restaurant business is a penny business. It's saving that penny on a pound of chicken, and it's saving that penny on three hours of labor by sending people home when it's not busy and managing to that very moment that gets you all those pennies adding up into dollars at the end of the day.
0: Absolutely. It's really just such small margins that every little bit matters. And um, you both pointed out some great things. I have heard pass on the show, um, I believe it was, I think you both mentioned it, but you talk about um, how you know you you kind of hinted towards that you need to have strengths you need to be able to uh, always be there and always be paying attention to what's going on that's a really strong habit and then to be, be paying attention to the numbers but also you have to recognize and i think i can't remember who said it but you have to recognize where your weaknesses are and then find people to bring them you know bring them on your team where they're strong where you're weak can you elaborate on that at all absolutely i mean you need to surround yourself
2: with the right people around you you know uh, we, we meet with so many great chefs. I mean, some phenomenal chefs, some of them probably you've, you've even heard of, and we go with them, and their restaurant is in financial shambles because, you know, I said, okay, what is your most expensive item on the menu from a menu perspective? They'll tell you in 30 seconds. I said, no, I mean, what is your most expensive item from a cost perspective? They have no clue. Mm-hmm. So they may be selling the most expensive thing on the menu at a loss, and they don't know that. So it's very important for them to have, you know, that accounting person. That cost person that can actually help them with that piece of it. Mm-hmm. So, I mean, I'm sure all of you, you know, your listeners and yourself have been so many great restaurants. Like, why is nobody here? Mm-hmm. Why is nobody? The food is phenomenal. The service is great, but the place is empty because they don't know how to market. Mm-hmm. So you got to go find the right marketing people. Yes, it costs money, but you can afford not to because if nobody comes, you're going to be out of business anyway. So when you do your plan, when you do a marketing plan, when you do your, your, your pro formas of your future, Do not short out marketing, advertising, and having professional on your team. You know, instead of spending $500 on beautiful chairs, maybe you spend $150 on used chairs, save that money, and put it towards an accountant.
1: And that is one of the biggest um, problems that we see when people are coming new to the table and they're they're this excited first-time buyer. They want to put their stamp on everything. So they are, you know, taking down perfectly good chandeliers and replacing them with ones that have you know, a little bit more wattage or have a little bit different kind of a look. They'll bring in designers. They'll bring in, you know, everybody's going to help you build a restaurant. And uh, I can remember a few years ago, we helped a gentleman who was coming down from the northeast to put a business in Buckhead. And he started out, he wanted about a 6,000 square foot space. And that's what we showed him. But the bigger his group of advisors and friends became the bigger this restaurant became in his idea. And he ended up renting something that was like 15 or 16,000 square feet. So all the budget was blown. Then he started doing the interior and he asked us for advice and we put him in touch with construction people Then, and we knew what the quotes were looking like and they were hefty, you know, half a million to three quarters of a million dollars, but that was still within his original base budget. But, you know, he wanted to go with the name designer and the name construction firms and everybody kept talking him up and talking him up. $2.2 million later, his restaurant opened and it literally made it about five months before he was out of business because he blew all of his cash yep. up front. And it was beautiful, but you don't need to build the Taj Mahal. Mm-hmm. You need to concentrate on the basics. And if it's good enough, make your second or third or fourth location be that one you dump all the cash in.
0: Exactly. And uh, it kind of reminds me, the advice that I'm gathering from you is, I don't know if you've heard of the book, but it's Eric Reese's Lean Startup. Um, and it's it's tailored towards a, a startup, any kind of startup business, but really a restaurant has to, it's such a lean start because the margins are so small and you don't know if you're going to make it in the beginning. But that's a great book to kind of further dive into. What he suggests is just to start start small. Um, Make sure your concept works and then pivot as you go, but make it affordable and make it as, as you know, affordable as possible and then bounce ideas off people and stick with what works and, you know, adapt as you go and pivot as you go. Um, so you don't find yourself, you know, five months into your restaurant with no backup money because you spent it all and you can't even adapt because you're just too far in the hole. So, uh, all such incredible advice. And I could probably go on this all day, but we have to move to the next question. Uh, <laughs> okay. So the next question I have for you is, uh, as brokers, what are some of the largest mistakes you see first-time buyers making? Uh, I may uh, – you may have already just kind of alluded to this, but can you think of any other mistakes that you see? Uh, I think the
2: biggest mistake I see is people people don't really know what they want. And then they buy something that's not what they want and then change it. I mean, uh, a good example of that, another guy that bought a place, he was an executive in a large uh, you know, Fortune 500 company. And then decide to get out, take early retirement, buys a restaurant, making over almost 150 to 175 thousand dollars a year in profit. So all you have to do is slide in at the place of the operator, keep everything as is, run the place. Well, he does that for about 60 days. His wife finally shows up at the restaurant, says, "This place is awful." Closes it down. I repeat, after 12 years of business, he closed the restaurant down, guts the place out, change the name, change everything, change the look, change the decor, change the menu, change everything. Fast forward nine months. He's out of business. He bought a profitable business, which is, by the way, what you buy at a premium. A mm-hmm. profitable business goes for a lot more money than asset sales. So he goes out and does that that type of uh, uh, action and pretty much lost, you know, not only his initial investment was around $350,000, add another 400000 in there. So he lost three-quarters of a million dollars because we ended up selling the restaurant bank for assets only for about $55,000. Wow.
1: The last chapter of our book, book, Appetite for Acquisition, is called Now You Own a Restaurant. Now what? Mm -hmm. And the thing we say in there is for the first 100 days, do nothing. Unless somebody's serving underage liquor or stealing from you, Let it run status quo so you understand what you bought and then start making improvements outside of just basic, like cleaning and managing, you know, clean, clean, clean. Change signage, but don't change the menu. Don't change what people have come to expect or you're just throwing away the money you just paid to buy cash flow of an existing business. So, you know, understand up front, do you want to create something from the ground up? If so, just pay a minimal amount for assets, but if you're going to change something that don't buy cash flow and then turn it inside out and upside down because you're going to end up losing your money.
0: Okay. Well, I mean, there's just so much detail that goes into it and it's all such incredible advice, um, which is why I knew you'd be such great assets on the show. Uh, do you want to elaborate on that any more before we move to the next question?
2: I mean, uh, you know, you're showing we have so many, so much, uh, so many minutes in the day because we can go on for days about stories after stories of people have done that, and it's been happening for 14 years. I mean, we had some from year one. I had some as recent as 30 days ago. So Mm -hmm. be careful.
0: Know what you're buying. Buy what you're buying. Use it. Don't change it. Mm -hmm. It's not your product. Yeah awesome uh great great advice the next question i have for you eric and robin uh what are some of the most common overlooked things when buying a restaurant um do you see people just missing things like that? to you are so clear that you would like to share with our our listeners things that they may not be paying attention to that they should be paying attention to and that you'd like to highlight for them when they go into their first purchase
1: well, I think the number one thing is people are sometimes under a misconception that if they're buying a restaurant, and they use the services of a restaurant broker that there's a fee attached. Mm-hmm. And what I would tell you is you are getting world-class service with no fees to you as a buyer. So people that go in and try to buy on their own, and it may be the first time they've ever bought a restaurant or maybe at the most the second time, but for restaurant brokers, it'll be our 200th or 800th or 900th sale. So, the amount of knowledge that that will bring to the table, how do you get you approved the first time through with the franchise if it's a transfer? How to get you approved the first time through with the landlord? How to work through deal problems that pop up? Because as a new buyer, you've never solved for those, and it's what we do for a living. So, I would say just overlooking that you have this incredible unpaid to you resource out there because the seller pays the fees. It's just, why would you do it for blind? It's like taking a hike in the wilderness, mm-hmm. you've never been on the trail before, and you say, I'm gonna climb to the top peak. I'm not gonna do that. I'm gonna hire the guide that's been there 25 times and knows it like the back of his hand. It'll cost me a little bit more, but it may save my life. Well, think of it that way. It may, it's not gonna cost you any more, and it may save you your life savings.
2: Yeah. Yeah, I think that's a very good point, as well as, uh, you know, I mean, do your homework. Get knowledgeable about what you're about to get in. I mean, how many people, you know, perceive a restaurant ownership as something they saw in a movie or cheers, for instance? It'd uh, be great. It's not quite like that. This is made for television versus you're about to buy a reality. And people get, Often uh, oftentimes I'll tell people, hey, once you get a job in a restaurant for a few weeks or a few months or something, or even go do an internship with somebody, and they'll look at me like very like, why would I want to do that? I think that's a big mistake. And also learn the the metrics of it. Like people get bogged down into some financial details that may not be something that is critical into the purchase. It's something to keep an eye on, sure, but it doesn't have anything to do with the value. People get focused on certain things, and they focus so much on these little things that bugs them that they miss the big picture and the big opportunity or miss the big problem that could be with that, that potential sale.
0: Mm-hmm. Oh, awesome advice. And what you're saying about getting the experience, um, and that's something that comes up time and time again on the show. Um, my, my guest mentor is saying, you know, get a decade in just doing different stages across the country, find out what you like, find out what kind of style of restaurant you, you like, find out what type of cuisine you like. Is it full service? Is it fast, casual? Is it, you know, a, a pizza place? Just Get the big picture, and you're going to be doing this for the rest of your life. So you, you want to know what aspects of the industry you enjoy because once you're you're in, you're in. Um, and don't think you have all the answers. Constantly be looking and just get that experience. And like you say, do an internship or just work someplace. Um, so, yeah, incredible advice. Um, and you do talk about sometimes in the show uh, getting a lawyer. Uh, is it a, C, a CPA? CPA, C, um, CPA yes. for your-
1: a lot of people on your team. Again, we put up we put a whole chapter together on that in appetite for acquisition. So, who are the people you should have on your team? Obviously, your restaurant broker, a certified public accountant, a um, someone maybe a life coach or a coaching or a mentor. Maybe you want to put together a board of directors up front. Um, your attorney, obviously, to make sure you're protected as you go into the deal. And when you acquire those assets, they're free and clear of all liens. So and and the one big person who absolutely must be on your team and people cannot overlook this is that family or significant other in your life, because we have folks come to me. I mean, part of what we do as restaurant brokers is talk people out of buying restaurants. Mm -hmm. I will get a guy that comes to me and he's in his mid thirties, he just got married two years ago. They haven't had any kids yet, but it's just right in the works. And he's like, "Yeah, I want to buy a club that I go to work at eleven a.m. and I'm, you know, when I get home at four a.m. at eleven p.m. to four a.m. And I'm like, think about this, you know, that family member that this is a lifestyle." decision. It's a decision that involves everyone in your life, and you need to make sure it's going to sync up with their expectations as well, or every part of your life will go down the drain in the next couple of years.
0: You're so absolutely right, Robin. Um, it's said time and time again, um, You, when you open a restaurant, your partner is marrying not just you, but they're marrying that restaurant too. It's a family affair. It affects everyone. I grew up at the age of three, my parents opened a restaurant, and that was my home away from home. Um, I mean, it was my dad's dream. I saw what it did to my parents. They're, they, you know, they're still together. We don't. The, the restaurant lasted ten years, um, but I mean, it almost tore them apart. And it's just because it was my dad's dream, not my mom's, and it sucked her in, and she was miserable. Um, and you have to consider that. It's so important. And like you say, it's a lifestyle. Um, it, you can't do this for the money. That's my personal opinion. Um, you might have other opinions, but it's the people that are focusing on their passion, uh, helping others and and just making it um their goal just to to be there and to absolutely love their their art whatever it is that they do it's that passion and that uh that ability to do what you love that will get you the money but you can't have the money in sight um it has to be the lifestyle that you're after um so just so so important everything you're saying uh do you agree with that
1: absolutely i think you're spot on
0: yeah. yeah, and I think also, you know, you may want to consider
2: people because again, like you said, it's, it's a huge commitment in time, family commitment and financial commitment, uh, to do. So maybe somebody that's passionate about it also should consider, uh, working for, uh, you know, food purveyors or some vendors that gets mm-hmm. you as you can to the industry without the financial commitment or something. I mean, a restaurant broker, for instance, I mean, you don't yeah. need hundreds of thousands of dollars to get started. So. You can look at other things that get you as close as you can. Sometimes, like, you know, like, I like to talk when we talk about potential people to join our firm. Says, hey, it's been in the restaurant business with bankers hours. That's what a restaurant broker does. Because by the time five o'clock rolls around, they're taking care of their guests in their restaurant. They're not yeah. calling us as much, you know. So in the morning, we're very busy, you know. But nights and weekends, you're not busy because they are taking care of their own guests. So there may be some things in the industry. That you can do and still, you know, uh, stay close to it and maintain a good family and uh, professional balance.
0: Awesome. So we're going to dive into the next question now. Um, Obviously, you guys are on top of the industry, paying very close attention to the different innovations and innovators and the trends that are out there. What trends and innovations really have your attention right now? And where would you suggest uh, my listeners be focusing on trying to capitalize on what's really happening right now, where there's opportunity?
1: See, that's a tricky question because as far as trends are concerned, we often see, while the, the media is out there still talking about gourmet burgers being the big trend, we're on the back end talking to the guy who's got 10 units out there losing a shirt who says, how fast can I dump them? Mm-hmm. So trends kind of run counterintuitive to, uh, to us as restaurant brokers because a lot of times where they're still being hyped, they actually already starting to fall down. I mean, the, you, just think about any of them. You know, the, the big pizza trend of five years ago, and then we couldn't give away pizza restaurants. Um, all the yogurt concepts that are out there right now and how trendy and on top that is, but at the same time for every, you know, yogly-mogly or great concept that you have, there are 10 others that are failing and they're trying to figure out how to get out of a $300,000 build-out and we're telling they get $30,000, so trends are a little bit dicey, mm-hmm. gourmet burgers, same thing, you know, Eric forecast a year ago that the gourmet burger trend was not as hot as it looked and yet, you know, the national press is still talking about it, At the same time we're trying to help people get out of it and they're selling for pennies on the dollar. So. Uh, Eric, do you want to weigh in?
2: Yeah, I got a little different approach as far as trends right now. What I see also right now is real estate is getting very expensive and, and very in, in short because in the last four or five years, uh, even nationwide, we have not built a lot of new shopping centers. But mm-hmm. the economy, uh, lending opportunities were limited. So now we're seeing a shortage of space. Mm-hmm. So it makes that you have to be really smart. So I see trend to go to smaller space. And, and definitely, in, in there, which also ties into another trend that I really observe uh, with all the trade shows I've been attending, that kind of really, personally, I, I'm excited about is uh, is uh, equipment innovation. We're seeing like you now self-contained, you know, six-foot fryer, flat-top, hood, charcoal unit, you know, into one piece that you know you can buy for less than twenty thousand dollars. I mean, mm-hmm. see, uh, I just saw a new uh, counter uh, brick oven pizza uh, stove that goes on the counter. For less than seven thousand dollars I mean I'm seeing all these trends all going to tie together I, I do believe the restaurant in the future is going to be probably less than two thousand square feet and you know a kitchen probably about 200 to three hundred square feet so for that reason, you know when you go buy a restaurant today and you have this giant kitchen in some parts of the country you have these big kitchen some parts of the country they already are used If you go to the islands, for example, I mean most kitchens on the islands are like 200 square feet and they're making five six seven million dollars in revenues where you go to a place like Atlanta, Atlanta's got huge kitchens mm-hmm. and for no good reason, because that that's space that you've taken away from seats and seats makes you money, kitchen costs you money. So that's what I'm seeing, a lot of, of trend innovation in uh, equipment. And also we're gonna see real estate trend, though I think they smaller and smaller size all the way across the board.
0: Yeah, I mean, it's really a great point. Um, Robin, you talked about uh, how really, and I'm kind of happy you went in that direction with your answer because I've been kind of uneasy about the word trend. Um, One of my recent guests, you know, he actually just like exploded on me. He was like, I hate that word. Don't call it a trend. Uh, There's innovators out there, there are people that create innovations that do cool things, uh, but trends, just stick to what you love and be true to yourself and don't try to adapt to what's happening out there. Just do what you love. And if you do that, you'll be just fine. Um, and that's kind of what you're saying. You can get in trouble trying to chase trends because they don't,
1: Absolutely. exactly. It's like chasing the word the of those tornado chasers. That's the same thing. You know, at some point they're going to get caught up and they're They're going to get spun out and spit out oh, yeah. by whatever that trend is.
0: Absolutely. Um, so right. it's just uh, really great advice. And then what you said, Eric, um, You know, there's other things, too, like uh, the vac I had a lot of my guests talking about vacuum sealers, and that kind of goes into the efficiency and saving things, um, creating, being more efficient with space, also being more efficient with your product and not wasting as much. Um, And just there's so many cool things happening out there. Um, And when you vacuum seal stuff, you save space in the freezer, too. There's just so many benefits to it. But uh, that's one other thing, too, is just being efficient and uh, sustainable um, in all regards. So cool stuff. Um, I have asked all the questions I wanted to ask you, um, are there any questions you think would have added value to this interview?
2: I think you know the best advice you can give your listener is like you know, yeah, I mean obviously if you want to buy a restaurant, I would highly recommend uh, not everybody can afford to lose hundreds of thousands of dollars, but I do believe everybody can lose about twenty four ninety five and buy that acquisition, read it, educate yourself. That would be the first step. Read the book. We are literally giving you away our system, how we actually as brokers um, do 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 this, the buyer side of this. So I think that's a very great resources.
1: And it's not just you know our book, but come to our website, read our blog, read all the articles. I mean, we have offered literally. Probably thousands of articles at this point. There's so much information with the Internet out there. There is no reason for anyone to go into this industry blind. I mean, your podcast is a great example. Our radio show, they can, you know, listen to it through the Internet. Or if they happen to be in Atlanta, they can listen to it on two stations. They can grab it, put it on their iPod, take it to the gym I mean, there's just no reason for anyone not to be able to take advantage of all the great resources that are out there. And just like uh, your show, our show, all of these are doing a service to the industry so people can get plugged into what's happening and ultimately make a choice to join this industry because, one, they're passionate about it. And then they have the knowledge and they're going to gain the experience and then they can be successful and then, then become one of these innovators. They won't start a trend because none of us like that word, but they'll be an innovator for the industry. We'll all be modeling after.
0: Awesome. Thank you both so much. Um, I like to wrap every show up with you uh, suggesting a future guest for the show. Who's one indie restaurant owner or executive chef or somebody who really has your attention that you admire personally and think would make a great contribution to the show?
1: Okay, now I'll tell you one guy that we love, and we've been trying to get him on our show for a year now, but we haven't booked in two weeks. Is Jim Sullivan from Sully Vision? He writes in. I uh, mean, he's we saw him speak at the um, Florida Restaurant Association show. We read his article in Nation's Restaurant News. I mean, he's just he's everywhere, and he's always right on target with advice. So we like those folks who are because um, his advice is somewhat pithy and and. Uh, you know, he's not always going to say what you, yeah, you know, he's not always going to say, oh, here's another great trend. He's going to give you an answer that says, this is why I hate this and this and this.
0: <laughs> yeah. it. I like yeah. those, uh, those uh, brutally honest answers. Those are great. Yes,
1: yeah, brutally honest. And you have to be. I mean, this business is not for the faint of heart. You have to be willing to give it everything and lose everything and then also have that opportunity to gain everything from the business.
0: Awesome. And what? Do you, what who do you have for us, Eric? Uh. I'm trying,
2: I'm trying to draw the blank right now. Who's the guy we from Texas that really liked that uh, did this uh, new restaurant? Marvin Oh
0: no, Are oh, you talking about um uh, oh, Phil Phil Romano. Phil Romano. yeah from uh Rockers. Yeah, I do listen to yeah. your show. That's pretty yeah, yeah, awesome. There. Well, this was a great, great interview
2: and I, I really like you know, we talked about innovation, we talked about taking it inside the box, a guy that's done really, really well with the industry and that is given back to the industry in a way that is still given back to him. To me that's a win win win. I mean it there's no losers in there. Took an area of the of Texas that you know nobody would go to, changed the area, changed the restaurant scene, changed the art scene, and gave an opportunity to some very successful people to step up to the stage and, and, and show that they were able to do it. They told them, and they gave them the money, and they delivered on it. I think it's a phenomenal story, and every city in America should have that small uh, kind of an incubator that he's created.
0: Yeah, that is a great show. What episode was that, so I can... Uh... All right, I'll, okay. throw, I'll throw links in the show notes if anybody wants to check out a, uh
1: restaurant incubation yeah. or something like that
0: yeah I'll have the, the links in the show notes if anybody wants to check out Robin and Eric's uh, show it's a great resource um, how can we connect with you guys what's the best way to connect with you if anybody wants to uh, maybe look to get you on their team uh, to, for their next restaurant adventure or just to uh, ask any questions or to listen
1: at number one place, we sell restaurants com. That's W E S E L L restaurants with an S dot com. There's all kinds of push throughs to contact us. Our phone numbers are out there. You can email us, Eric or Robin, at we sell restaurantscom We're on Twitter at Sell Restaurants. We're on Facebook, Facebook.com backslash we sell restaurants. We have a company page on LinkedIn. If it's a social media methodology, we're out there in the middle of it in our YouTube channel, which also has all of our, our former show episodes are at it's youtube.com backslash we sell restaurants.
0: Great. Thank you so much. Uh, truly pleasure having you on the show. Uh, there's no secret why you two are such a success in the industry. I knew I found value in our discussion. I'm sure other people did too. So uh, please st- stay in touch and uh, best of luck with everything in the future. Thank you, Aaron. Thank you so much for having us. Another great episode here at Restaurant Unstoppable. Thank you so much, Eric and Robin. You guys rocked. I had a blast today. We learned a lot. Um, just so many valuable things, you know, just to do your homework, know what you're getting yourself into. Um, one of the really big lessons I took away from this was I never really thought, you know, to, to look into getting a restaurant Broker for the buyer, it's absolutely free. Why wouldn't you have somebody uh, like that? They call it a guide. They use the example of climbing a mountain. Uh, you could go alone and get lost and die, or you can get a guide and have them show you the way to the top. Um, and it, it's at no cost to you, the buyer. It's the seller that pays for a broker. So, um, just really important piece of ed- a really important piece of advice there that I found valuable. Also, make sure you m- make use of their podcast as well in their uh, YouTube channel. Their website's a great resource for finding restaurants for sale, too. Uh, uh You can find the links to their podcast there. They're also on iTunes. I know that. That's where I listen to their show. Um, really great stuff today. I had a blast. If you want to check out... All of the links of the resources that we talked about today, Uh, just head over to www.restaurantunstoppable.com slash 59. Everything will be there. All the links to their books, to their website, to their podcasts. Uh, It's all there. Check it out. Good stuff. Um, And that's all I have today. Uh, It's been a blast. Until next time, peace out.